Amen. Wonderful to have you all here in the house of the Lord. So great to see all of your beautiful faces. Some of you have been traveling the globe. Welcome back. <laughs> great to have you all here and uh, really excited about this new series that we're starting this morning. Uh, we're going to be starting a series on the power of prayer and um, it's going to be great. Amen. I can't see you anymore. I'm blinded by the lights. <laughs> all right. This subject is such an important subject, and I can honestly say that for me, this is one of the, the, the subjects and the things that has been so foundational in my personal walk with God. I was sharing with the first service this morning, I remember when it all began for me, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, um, I was about my son's age, probably five or six years old, somewhere around there. And I used to go to church every Sunday with my dad and my mom and dad. My dad was very involved in the church. And um, I would go to church with him and, you know, it was, it, was, it was great. It was wonderful to see that. But as a young boy, I didn't really understand it. When I was around about 12 or 13, somewhere around there, we ended up moving and we stopped going to church. But I was in a Christian home and, you know, I still served the Lord. But, you know, it was not... Like it was just, I kind of like knew the Lord and, you know, and we, my parents, we kind of got to that place where, you know, we could serve God from afar. You know, we didn't need to go to church. You know, if you didn't listen to last night's message, go and listen to it. And you'll, we'll talk a little bit about how important it actually is to be in church. Church, it's a really good thing to be in church. And, and so when we were not in church, you know, slowly but surely, we would still serve the Lord, still believed in God and all that stuff. But Slowly but surely, kind of like the passion and just sort of dwindled away, you know. And I remember going into high school. I was in a Christian school. I actually became head prefect. In South Africa, we have prefects. I was head prefect of my school. So in all accounts, I was a really good child. Aren't you glad that your pastor was so good, you know? <laughs> I've always been good, guys, just so you know. You can ask my parents. They'll tell you. I was a good kid. <laughs> and then there was that year after high school where I kind of really lost my way. I went to college and, you know, just really, you know, just got into, you know, just the things of this world. And, you know, the, you know, the things of God really became sort of really just dwindled away. And I was very quickly declining um, pretty fast. And one of my friends that was in school with me, his mom was you know, a real intense believer, and she loved God very much, and I used to love going to their house, and his mom would always speak to us about the Lord and encourage us, and she persuaded me to go to church, and I went to church one Sunday morning, and when I walked into that building, it was like, wow, like the whole atmosphere was just so electric and so different. It's just, I'd never experienced that before. And I can't remember if it was the prayer meeting or the prayer, the, the, uh, the, the actual worship and prayer time in the beginning, or if it was the sermon or when it was, but I remember my whole, my whole, I just began to weep. I just, my whole being was so affected. I can't tell you what songs were being sang. I can't tell you what the sermon was. I don't remember. All I know is that it was so powerful and it changed me forever. 
I could never experience. I didn't know that you could have that kind of intimacy with God. I didn't know that you could experience the presence of God that way. I didn't know anything like that existed. I thought that, you know, I was a good Christian and I was walking with the Lord, you know, a little bit in the world, you know, doing worldly stuff here and there. But, you know, on all accounts, I was a good believer. You know, I, I thought this was the way it was supposed to be. And when I w- went to Little Falls, you know, I, I just walked into that building and it was like my whole world was turned upside down. And, and I remember not understanding how this was possible. And as I began to connect to the church and as I began to connect to things there, I wanted to experience more of this. And there was such an emphasis in the church on prayer. Prayer was something at that stage that was being done every single day. We would have prayer meetings every morning. And I remember going to those prayer meetings. It was a much larger church than this. And I remember when I went to those weekly prayer meetings, there wasn't a lot of people coming out anymore. It was a smaller group. I can't remember the exact amount, but on average, I'd say maybe 30, 40 people would come to the morning prayer. And then on Saturday morning, they would have a corporate prayer meeting that we'd have in the hundreds, easily up to three, 400, maybe even more. They would come and pray. You can imagine what that prayer meeting was like. It was awesome. But I remember going to prayer every morning because I just wanted to grow. I wanted to, I saw my pastor who was so on fire for God that was able to, you know, to do things and minister in the spirit and prophesy over people. And I would see God move so powerfully. And I was like, man, that's like, I want to experience that. I want to, you know, and, and the key and the focus, one of the primary things was prayer. And so I would go to prayer and one of the pastors, his name was Pastor Louis. I remember in the prayer meetings, he would always have a cup of tea. You know, it's African, a British thing, you know. So he would have his cup of tea in the prayer meetings. I remember the noise of the teacup. I actually remember it. I don't know why I'm telling you that, but I do remember it, just so you know. And I remember sitting there and we would have these prayer meetings and week after week would go by and I would do my best to be there every day because I wanted to learn. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what it, what it looked like. I didn't understand it. And I, and I just wanted to, to learn to, know, to grow in, in, in the knowledge of God and, and understand how it is that you connect with Him. And so that's where it started. I remember going to these prayer meetings. But I can tell you right now that that was one of the foundational things that was the difference in the church that I grew up in. That, I, that I, When I say grew up, I mean I became, a, you know, now I'm a pastor because the foundation was in that church. And it was prayer and intercession. And my pastor was a praying pastor. He was a pastor that was on his knees and, and him and I are still so close and he'll be here in a few months time. And I can tell you right now, I know for a fact that he gets up every day and he prays. Still now, he's in his 70s. He's, he prays more in one week than some pastors pray in a year. And I remember seeing this and being hungry for it and desiring it. But again, not fully understanding it. I've seen how, how the power of prayer is essential. Let me tell you that this church started the same way. When we planted this church eight years ago in downtown Vera Beach at this little storefront, I remember having prayer meetings all the time. Like every day we were praying. We would have prayer meetings that would go on for hours. One time we had an all night prayer meeting. I will never do that again, ever. I remember Pastor Mike and myself, we were, we were praying and we just couldn't sit down because you just wanted to sleep, you know, but I remember praying and, 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 and at the time you feel like it's just, it's, it's hard and it's, 
But something's happening. When you're doing it, something's happening when you're pressing in. And something begins to change and something begins to change in you and something begins to change in the atmosphere. And these are all the things that you need to learn about prayer. I shared with the group this morning that this week we had, um, you know, we, we were doing a, a sound test for our online sound. We haven't been happy with our online sound and we made some changes. And my brother lives in South Africa. He helps us with our sound. And so he was helping us get the sound right and, and he was watching me because what we did was we said, okay, guys, you know, let's get, Pastor Alex will go to the front. I came to the front. I had the band on here because it was band practice. And, you know, and they said to me, well, you need to do what you do in a service. You need to like, you know, you need to build it. And, and I'm like, I can't make that up. You know, that's not something that I can just do. I, I said, well, what I'll do though is I said, I'll pray. Let's pray. Let's like just have a real prayer, you know. So I started to pray. And I tell you what, the presence of God filled this place. And, and it was really powerful. And I'm praying. And I mean, the words are just pouring out of me. And it's just really powerful. The whole place, everybody that was here just suddenly stopped. There were people working and moving around and everybody stopped. And the band was into it. Let me tell you, it was awesome. We were going for it. And we were praying and interceding. And we were praying for you guys too, as far as I can remember. But I remember one thing that happened. I was busy praying and, and all of a sudden I felt to pray for the band, for the worship team, for the worship ministry. And I begin, but I specifically actually said, my brother reminded me of this during the break. I specifically said, you know, the platform ministers, the platform, the ministries, the ministers behind me. But it included, in my heart, it included the entire worship ministry. And I said, Lord, I pray that you give them dreams. I specifically mentioned dreams. And I said, Lord, I pray that these dreams will change them and affect them, that they will have spiritual dreams. Listen, if you don't think dreams are important, go read your Bible. The Bible says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And dreams are part of the result of that pouring out of the spirit. And so anyway, so I'm busy saying this and I'm saying, Lord, give them dreams and visions and all this stuff. I don't think much of it. I leave here feeling really great because the presence of God was here. It was wonderful. Get in my car and go home. The next morning, I wake up and there's a text on my phone. I pick up my phone and I have a look at the text and it's my brother. And when I pick up the phone and play the message, I've never heard him sound that way. You know, I've, I'm 10 years older than him. And, you know, we were, you know, we were not that close growing up. And we were very different. I'm much nicer than him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he's probably nicer than me. But we were, so anyway, he sent me this text and he said, he said to me, I, you know, I was busy working with the sound and listening and trying to fix it. And I wasn't really able to pay attention to what you were saying, but something drew me back. Now I'm paraphrasing, so please, it's not exactly the same as what he said, but he said to me, basically, you know, and I went back and listened to it and you spoke about dreams for the worship team. Anyway, that night he went to bed and he had a dream. And he says in the dream, he would dream, wake up, and then he was not, he's awake now, goes back to sleep and carries on dreaming. Woke up again from the dream, went back to sleep and carried on dreaming. In the dream, part of the dream, and he said I could share this, we were on a cruise line, the church. 
And while we were on this cruise line, he says it was like a party. He says, but the people were just praising and worshiping God. He says, he says, Alex, he says it was like, he says it was like it was amazing because they weren't supposed to carry on, but they just carried on. And, and he says it was nonstop, spontaneous praise and worship the whole time on this cruise. He says, and the people were having the most incredible time in the presence of God. This is part of the dream, not all of it. And so now he says this, and then he says to me, you know, but I don't really think it's spiritual or anything. By the way, he doesn't ever dream. You know, he has this dream, and he shares with me, and obviously it, it, it touched my heart very much because I realized that God is busy with him and, you know, speaking to us at the same time. There's other things about this type of thing that the Lord has shared with me before. But the point I'm trying to make is that the day before he had the dream, I'm busy praying. And I'm asking God to do this, to, to give dreams and to give visions to, to, the, to the team, to, to even, and I've done it many times for you guys. I want you to know that God answers our prayers, guys. And being a Christian is an exciting thing. Prayer is not a boring subject or something that we are obliged to do because, you know, maybe if we don't do it, God will be mad with us. You know, prayer is exciting and powerful and life-changing. The problem is, is that many of us don't know how to pray. We don't know what we should pray about. We don't even know why we should pray. And I want to share with you this morning some of these keys, I believe, that are so important to your prayer life. Because the believer's prayer life is absolutely vital. Can somebody say amen? All right, well, let me get into this message this morning. All of that was just for free. Now we'll start the message. So the series will be entitled, The Power of Prayer. And part one is entitled, Why Should We Pray? Why Should We Pray? If you look at scripture, you will find out that there were individuals that made a mark on, on, on the planet, really. These individuals, specifically Old Testament, all of them were prayer warriors. They were individuals that had an intimate relationship with God. Guys like Abraham. We all know that Abraham was someone that sought the Lord. Moses, who would go up the mountain and spend time with God, seeking his face. In fact, to the point where God says, listen, I'll send my angel before you. And he says, listen, I'm not going before, I'm not going anywhere if you're not gonna come with me. I need, to, I need your presence. I need you with me all the time. This is what Moses says. So prayer was important to him and he shook, he shook the planet. The story of Joshua, who was basically Moses' assistant, what would happen was they would have prayer and they'd have meetings in the tabernacle and then everybody would leave, but Joshua would stay behind because he wanted to stay in the presence of God. There is something about somebody that stays in the presence of God or continues to seek God's face that will, will ultimately be somebody that can change the world. If you study scripture, you will find out, I'm so surprised they haven't made movies about Joshua. Because let me tell you, that guy was something special. He ends up being the one that ultimately takes the children of Israel across the Red Sea into the promised land, or across the Jordan into the promised land, sorry. And, and you find that that's not really 
what it's about, what's it, what it's really about is how in the promised land, they had to do battle against their enemies to possess their land. And Joshua was the one who led that the whole way through. So powerful, so powerful. Another character in Scripture in the Old Testament that without any doubt is someone that sought the Lord and had incredible results was David. And I'll show you an example of this a little bit later on as we look at this this morning. But David was an individual that the Bible describes as a man after God's own heart and was someone that always sought the Lord. The Bible says, he, he writes, he writes, early will I seek thee. In the morning hours, David would get up and seek the Lord. When things went wrong in his life, he would go before God and seek the face of the Lord. He understood the power of prayer. And, and the Bible has good things to say about him, even with his faults. In the New Testament, there's one individual outside of Jesus who was without any question, Jesus was an incredible prayer warrior, even here on the earth. But Paul the Apostle, the one who writes two-thirds of the New Testament outside of the Gospels, is without any question, and I'll prove this to you as we go on in the series, an individual that spent an incredible amount of time in prayer. He understood the value and the power of prayer. Paul the Apostle would be on his face seeking the Lord, praying in, in ways that others didn't because he understood the value and power of prayer. And then he ends up writing the two-thirds of the New Testament. He got more revelation than anybody. And he wasn't even one of the first 12. There's hope for you. Amen. Today we feel that the major influences on the planet are political leaders, are movie stars, are sportsmen, or military leaders. These are the greatest and most influential leaders. I want to tell you this morning that those who will truly change history, that will be everlasting, not just in our time, are those that know how to pray. You may not know their name in the natural, but I can assure you, in the, in the other world, in the afterlife, in the spirit realm, those people are known. Because they move mountains that cannot be moved by force in the natural. Being a prayer warrior has the potential to change an entire city to change an entire nation. Yes, even a nation. Prayer can stop the sun from moving. It's in the Bible. Prayer, shouting, crying out to God can bring walls down. Are you with me, guys? So let's take a look a little bit more at this this morning. The first thing I want to just point out to you before I get into the actual sort of reasons why we should pray. I want you to understand that prayer is effective in two ways for you as a Christian. First of all, as believers, we should participate in corporate prayer. In other words, believers should come together and pray. And the Bible teaches us in many places, but I'll give you one or two examples. Acts 1 verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So there was a whole bunch of them that continued in prayers and supplication. They continued together to pray. Acts 2 verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And this is talking about the early church. The early church continued 
in the correct doctrine, the apostles' doctrine, fellowship with one another, breaking bread, in other words, taking communion, and then also, and that could also include fellowship too, but I'm sure communion is the primary focus, and then it says in prayer, so the early church would come together and pray together because it's a powerful thing. Corporate prayer is powerful. The Bible says one will set a thousand to flood, but two ten thousand. So the majority or the more that there are, the more influence and power there is in, the, in prayer specifically. Look at this. Acts 3 verse number 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. The ninth hour. Listen. It's clear that, that the early church members would come together and pray. Here it tells us that these two disciples got up and went to pray. I don't know why they prayed so late, the ninth hour. That's nine o'clock in the morning, the ninth hour, as far as I can know. Nine o'clock in the morning is later. But anyway, the point is they got up early and they began to pray. They used to go together to pray at the temple. We also do that. The church should come together and pray together. Are you with me? So... They had set times where the congregation or the people would come together, pray in the temple, pray together as individuals, pray together as groups. This is an instruction to the, to the, to the church. Listen to this. Isaiah 56 verse 7. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. What does he call his house? A house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. He also says, my house shall forever be a house of prayer. The church, the congregation, the place where God meets is also supposed to be a place of prayer. A place where we come together and intercede and seek the Lord's face. And there are different ways to pray when we come together. And I'll teach you that over the next few weeks. But prayer is important corporately. It's also very important for us to pray personal prayers or personally to separate ourselves unto the Lord. You can pray together with your wife. You can pray together with your children. But it's also important that you as an individual separate yourself and seek the Lord. Mark 1.35. Take a look at this. This is Jesus. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight... Listen, they all say we should be Christ-like. That's why we have early prayer. Come on, don't get mad at me, guys. Jesus got up early to pray. Shouldn't we also? Okay, you can sleep late and come to pray on Saturday. That's okay. All right. Psalm 5 verse 3, David says, My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord, in the morning. I will direct it to you and I will look up. Listen, the point is, is that is that they would go and spend time individually with God. It doesn't have to be in the morning, but the point is they made a time. They separated themselves to go and seek the, to seek the Father. They would go and spend time with God. We should do the same. Take a look at this. Jesus again in Luke 5, 16 says this. So he himself, everybody say himself, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So Jesus would Jesus, the Son of God, who could probably discern things better than anybody, not probably, he did discern things better than anybody, still made a point of going to isolate himself, <clears throat> excuse me, isolate himself and spend time in prayer. He chose to do that. So if he did it, we should also do it. Prayer is powerful, guys. 
Prayer is life-changing. Prayer moves mountains. And there are many different ways that we should pray. Now, this morning I want to talk specifically to you about reasons why we should pray. The Bible has many reasons to share with us, but this morning I'll share seven with you. Seven reasons why I believe we should pray. Are you ready? The first one I think is sort of obvious, but prayer draws us closer to God. Point number one. Prayer draws us closer to God. Psalm 145, 18 says this, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all who call upon Him in truth. How many of you want the Lord to be near to you? In order for you to have Him near to you, you must call upon Him. You must go and pray and seek after Him. It has to be something that you desire to do. The next verse I shared last night, but I'll share it again this morning. James 4 verse number 8 says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. It's interesting because so many times in our walks with God, we kind of feel like we're not as close to God as we used to be. But the Bible tells us that in order for that to happen, you must first draw near to Him. If you want Him to draw near to you, you must first draw near to Him. In other words, you can't expect to, to, to just, you know, to, people want to just go to a church service and have an encounter with God. They want to just listen to some tape and have an encounter. And all those things are good and wonderful and necessary. But let me tell you something, that the time where you will experience God in the most powerful and life-changing and lasting way is when you yourself, when nobody else is around, make a decision to draw near to Him. Make a decision to seek after Him. A true minister of the gospel that God will use powerfully is someone that knows the presence of God, is someone that has entered into the realm of prayer and sought the face of the Lord, not just experiences, but actually doing it, spending time with Him. I remember as a young man, when I started praying, I'm not that young anymore, I have a few grays now, you know, on my beard. You know, I remember praying and I remember spending time with God and not feeling like anything was really happening. It's not always about feelings. When we have feelings, it's wonderful, but it's not always about that. It's being with Him, obeying His Word, seeking His face. Lord, I love You. Lord, I desire to draw near to You. Lord, I, I, I want to be in your presence, God. I, I pray this morning, Father, that you would be glorified. I'll teach you how to pray. I'll show you how to do it. Not today. Today we're talking about why we should pray. Amen? <laughs> so the first thing is that prayer draws us closer to God. The second thing, and this is important, is that God instructs us to pray. How many of you want to be obedient to God's word? So if the word says we should pray, I think we should pray. Luke 18, verse number one. Jesus wants to teach them about prayer. And look at what he says. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. I'm not going to teach you the parable because we'll do that on another Sunday. But I want you to see that he even uses a parable to teach us what? that men should always pray and not lose heart. It's an instruction, guys. He's saying you ought to pray always. 
You always need to keep that relationship with God going. You always need to keep and cultivate that relationship. Don't lose heart because in this world you'll have trouble. You're going to have stuff happen. But if you pray and continue to seize him, don't lose heart. You'll see he'll come through for you. He will. That's what he does. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. Why should we pray without ceasing? Why should we give thanks? Take a look. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Everybody say me. This is talking to you. Prayer and thanksgiving is God's will for our life. It's what he, what he instructs us that we should do. Everybody wants to say, well, Lord, I want to do your will. Well, praying is a part of that. Prayer is included in the will of God for your life. Amen. Listen, pray without ceasing doesn't necessarily mean that you should open up in the morning, open your eyes and pray the entire day. That's not what it's saying. I really believe that what it's saying is that your prayer life should be consistent. That you shouldn't stop praying for a season or just kind of like, you know, just not talk to the Lord for a while. Let me ask you a question. How many of you here have gone a season without prayer? How did that work out for you? Come on, after a while you start feeling funny, you start feeling guilty, you start feeling like something's wrong. All of a sudden it's a little easier to do something that you shouldn't do. Prayer is important. It's a lifeline between us and God. It's something that connects us to Him, that keeps us walking with Him. Prayer is so important and an instruction. So point number two, God instructs us to pray. Point number three, prayer brings growth and transformation. Prayer brings growth and transformation. Luke 9, 28, watch this now. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, that he took Peter, John, and James and went up the mountain to pray. So they went up the mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. Man, you see, Jesus goes up the mountain to pray often. This time he takes his disciples with him. And it's like this for me. This is how I imagine it. Jesus takes them with him and for us, we read this and it's like, wow, this is amazing. This probably would happen fairly regularly with him. It's just that this time they came with. But what happens is when you're in the presence of God and spending time with him, he begins to transform you. See, Jesus is transformed. You must understand that you were created and inside you, your spirit man has now been born again. The flesh is always at war with the spirit. But in order for that spirit man, the part of you that's, that's now been born again to truly begin to have effect, the place where that begins to change and have its way is when you're in prayer. It's in the face of God that we are transformed, that we become more and more into his image. Are you with me? So this is what happens. Listen, it wasn't only Jesus. Moses went up the mountain too. And when he was in the presence of God, the Bible says he would come down the mountain and have to put a veil over his face because he shone with the glory. Because his, his countenance had, had been transformed by being in the presence of God. We are transformed in prayer. But prayer also builds us up. It changes us. It, it, it transforms us. It renews us. Jude 20 says this. 
But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith. How? By praying in the Holy Spirit. I will teach you this. I will teach you how to pray in the Spirit. That day we'll lock the doors and take your keys before you come into the church. (laughs) Is he really going to do that? Absolutely, yes. Without a doubt. (laughs) I'm not going to laugh. Prayer, guys, when you know how to pray, when you intercede and you come before the Lord and you press in, it changes everything. Prayer is not just, Lord, please protect me tonight when I go to bed. Please protect my children. Thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Come on, half of you, that's, that's you. No, not you, the person next to you. Don't look to the person next to you now. But how many of us have done that? How many of us only come to God in prayer when we need something? That's the only time. Listen, you should come to Him when you need something, but that shouldn't be the only time you come to Him. Even atheists on airplanes when they're going down cry out to God. True story, I've heard about it many times. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God. The plane starts going down. Jesus! Jesus! Yeah. Funny how all of a sudden we know who to revert to. Even the guy dressed like a girl and thinks he's a guy or a girl will do the same thing in the moment of heat, let me tell you. All right, let's stop there. Okay, next thing. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) So we understand that prayer brings growth and transformation. Point number four. Prayer is for warfare. Prayer is for warfare. James, 4, James 5 verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Watch this now. Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. It's saying here, it doesn't say this. It doesn't say if anyone among you is suffering, let him go for counseling. From now on, when you call for counseling, we're going to say, how many hours have you spent in prayer about the subject? (laughs) Let me tell you something, guys. Uh, This is a true story. I have a very full schedule with my appointments. And so oftentimes they get scheduled out a bit. Do you know how many times I'll, I'll be scheduled out and close to the appointment, the person will say, I don't actually need to see you anymore. Because it's been sorted out. If you want your sufferings, your things to be taken care of, before you make the appointment with whoever or whatever you do, before you do anything, take it to God in prayer. Even when you're ill, when you're suffering, when something's wrong with you, take it to Him in prayer. Listen, nobody knows the demons that you are facing better than you. Nobody knows the struggles, the suffering, the things you have to deal with better than you. That's why the Bible teaches us that warfare is spiritual. In Ephesians 6, verse number 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Listen, warfare 
was created for you to do. We can stand in the gap and stand in agreement. But as an individual, as a Christian, your battle, you must fight. You must stand against the wiles of the enemy. Straight after this scripture, the Bible teaches us about the full armor of God. The full armor of God, how we should stand, our weapons against the enemy is the full armor of God. But if you go to Ephesians 6, 18, just a few verses after, in fact, straight after he teaches on the full armor of God, he says this, praying always, everybody say always. always. So when should we pray? Always. When we're in battle, when we put on our armor, when should we pray? See, that's how you deal with things in the Spirit. He says, praying always with all prayers. Why does he say all prayer? Because there is more than one type of prayer. You need to know how to pray and what types of prayer there are so you know when to pray that prayer. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So you are in warfare and the battlefield is your prayer life. You cannot challenge anything in the spirit in the natural. And the way that we enter into the spirit is prayer. That's how we do it. We pray. We pray in the spirit. And God begins to show us things. And then we deal with them in the spirit. Amen. That's going to be another good week. We'll keep the doors open for that one. Maybe. Point number five. Prayer helps us make major decisions. Or let me say it like this. Before you make a major decision, pray about it. Before you make a major decision, pray about it. How many times have we not prayed about something really important? And then afterwards we're like, well, you know, I really thought it was the Lord and the Lord wanted me to do it. But you didn't actually really even pray about it. Did you know that David is someone that prayed and asked God many times and the Lord answered him. Watch this. 1 Samuel 23 verse number 1. Then they told David saying, look, the Philistines are fighting against Caleb and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go and attack these Philistines? So I want you to imagine the army's come. Probably his captain came to him and said, David, listen, there's, there's a battle going on on the fleshing, threshing floor. What do you want us to do? So David says, just give me a minute. And he goes and he inquires of God. He goes and says, Lord, what should I do? You know this is taking place. Do you want me to step in or don't you? And take a look at what the Bible says. And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. So we see how David responds to what? To what he asks the Lord. the Lord. He asks the Lord, Lord, will you speak to me? And the Lord speaks to him. Many times people want God to speak in an audible voice. Like we, we think that God isn't speaking to us if it's not an audible voice. I want to tell you this morning that there are very few experiences that people have of an audible voice being spoken. Most of the time in Scripture, when we hear God speaking to someone, it's not an audible voice. Are you with me? In my own personal experience, I've, I've, I've had dreams where, I'm, where, where the Lord is speaking to me or an angel is speaking to me or something, and I hear this voice. I wake up, I'm awake, and I hear the voice still speaking. 
like it's next to me, like the person is standing here. But yet Naomi is fast asleep and hears nothing. And there are many examples in Scripture of this. The majority of the time, the Lord will speak to your inner man. You will learn to hear Him. And the place that you will learn to hear Him is in prayer. Those who spend time with Him become more sensitive to His voice and have an ability to hear Him in a greater measure. Are you with me? Now this is David. And you know, the interesting thing is that the Bible tells us at least seven times that David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him and then he went out and did it. Don't you think we should try too? But if that's not convincing enough for you, I may shock you this morning with this next one. Jesus also asked the Father before he did things. Watch this. He had a very important decision to make. So he decided to go and take it to the Father in prayer. And I'll show you that it was important to him. Watch this. Luke 6 verse number 12. Luke 6, Luke 6, verse number 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night. This is a serious prayer meeting. So Jesus goes up the mountain. He's praying all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, so the next morning he comes down, he calls his disciples to himself. And from them he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. Huh? So this is the time where Jesus set apart the 12. You see, the Bible tells the story of the 12 because we hear their story because they were with him and they wrote, some of them wrote the New Testament. But there were many that followed Jesus, hundreds that followed him, that were disciples. There was 120 in the upper room. He appeared to over 400 after the resurrection his disciples. But here he calls 12. And what did he do the night before he made the decision who to pick? He spent the whole night in prayer. Jesus spent the whole night in prayer. So before we make major decisions, maybe we should also spend a little bit of time in prayer about it before we make that decision. Are you with me, guys? I have much more to say about that. You know, many are called, but few are chosen. Many were called to follow Jesus. Many were disciples for him. And some of them made mistakes, even the 12, like Peter, who ends up denying Jesus. But much later on in his life story, he gets put to death. And when they put Peter to death, he was one of those that he chose, one of the 12 that was willing to give his life. But when he was put to death, he said to them, he said, listen, you're going to crucify me. I'm not worthy to be crucified like Jesus. I want you to crucify me upside down. I think Jesus chose right when he chose him. That's the kind of person you want following you, working with you. Are you with me? Powerful. Powerful. So our fifth point there is prayer helps us make major decisions. Are you guys okay? All right, the next point, point number six, is to overcome temptation. Prayer helps us with temptation. Matthew 26, verse 41. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed, indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And how many of you know that's the truth? 
Your spirit on the inside of you, your inner man, is always desiring to draw close to God, spend time with Him. But our flesh is like, man, it's too early. I'd rather be on my computer or I need to just relax a little bit, listen to some music. I need to just, you know, I'm going to get to work or you get home from work and it's like days of our lives, is needs to, I need to watch some TV first, you know. Does that even exist anymore? I don't even know. It does? Who said that? That's terrible. You still watch Days of Our Lives? <laughs> Listen, we watched Days of Our Lives in Africa, guys, many, many years ago, just so you know. So we can tell that it's important. And, and, and the Lord is telling us that, listen, your, your, your flesh is not going to want to do this, but it's going to help you. Overcome temptation, overcome the enemy. It's going to help you. So it's important that we pray because it helps us with temptation. The seventh and last point for this morning, because as I said, I can give you many points, but I think this one is important, is that we should bring our requests to Him. And the Bible actually has a lot to say about this. But I'll give you one scripture. Philippians 4 verse number 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the God of and the and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We should come to him and bring our requests to him. When you have a need, when you have something going on in your life that you, that you are praying about or that you have desire for, you should bring it to God. Your requests, bring them to Him. You know, it's interesting because when I was preparing this this week, there was one thing that kept coming to me. Why do so many Christians give up on prayer? Why do so many Christians give up on prayer? And I truly believe that one of the main reasons is because they feel like their prayers don't get answered. Or they feel like God just doesn't hear their prayers. You have to change your mind about this. And the Bible teaches us about this. You see, unfortunately, we've often been taught incorrectly. And I don't mean this against any individual. I'm not pointing out anybody or anything like that. It's just that sometimes we need to look at things a little bit deeper to get proper understanding. Scripture should always be in context to get the full picture. Take a look at this. Let's go to James 4 verse number 1. And we will speak more about this particular subject in one of these in this series because it's very important. But this morning I want to encourage you. James 4 1 says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? That war in your members. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Now watch. You do not have because you do not ask. There's the first thing. We don't have, we don't receive from God because we don't ask. But there's more to it than just that. Watch this. You ask and do not receive. So why does that happen, Lord? And he says, because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. You see, asking God for something and expecting Him to respond has to be done the correct way. 
We can't just ask for things and think that God's going to give us every desire that we have when it has nothing to do with the context of what He wants for our lives. In your life, there will always be things that you cannot answer. I don't care who the preacher is or how clever he thinks he is. There are certain things we will never fully grasp till we get to heaven. But I've come to understand something, that when prayer is applied correctly, when we understand what it means to ask anything and it'll be given to you, when we apply it according to Scripture, we will get what we ask for. But when we are not asking according to His Word, and it's really primarily for our own personal pleasure, not that God doesn't want to give you things, He does, but He's never going to give you something that's not good for you. Are you with me? So he teaches us, and I'm going to teach you how important it is to apply what you desire from God correctly from Scripture. Because I've seen too many times how people will say, well, I asked God, He never gave it to me, so I'm not going to serve Him anymore. It's not not a joke. And some people have been desperately hurt because of that. They really feel like God's against them, or He doesn't hear them, or something like that. Well, I want to tell you this morning, first of all, you must understand that God is not like a slot machine. You can't put three pennies and pull the lever and he's going to give you what you want. He has desire to bless you, to give you the most wonderful life here and afterwards too. But we have to come to him and have a desire to seek him. We have to come with our requests, our petitions, our intercessions, our supplications, our thanksgiving, how to pray. The disciples didn't ask Jesus much, but what they did ask him is they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. They didn't ask him, teach us how to preach. They asked him, teach us how to pray. That's why I stand here today and I'm so thankful to my pastor who taught me how to pray, who modeled prayer for me. And even to this day, he'll say to me all the time, he says, Alex, your prayer life and the fear of the Lord. Those are the two things that will keep you in ministry. Your prayer life and the fear of the Lord. Have I spoken about the fear of the Lord today? The fear of the Lord is so important. It doesn't mean that you must be afraid of God because He's scary. It means that you recognize that God is the author and the finisher of everything. He's the creator of all life. And one day you will stand before Him and He's the ultimate judge of everything. That puts the fear of God in my life, in my heart, recognizing who it is that I call my father, who it is that I call my friend, who it is that I call my Lord. I recognize that that's who he is and he's made a way for us to communicate and have fellowship and relationship with us and made a way for us to take ground for him on this earth as Christians and to influence people and the world around us through prayer. Prayer is so powerful, guys. And so this morning, in this series, at the beginning of this series, I hope that this is just only the start, but encouraging you to really have a heart to desire to pray like never before. Amen. This is only the beginning. We're going to really dive into it. I'm going to go through all the different ways that you pray and ultimately come to how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Because praying the Lord's Prayer does not only mean that you should say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yes, that is a wonderful way to pray. But what it is, is is a map of how to pray. And I'll walk through that with you as well. Amen. Amen. 
I mean, we sometimes as a family, we'll do that. We'll say the Lord's Prayer just as it is because it's beautiful and powerful. And, but also, again, it teaches us. When we talk about our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I'll stop there before I do anything else. And I'll say, Lord, hallowed be your name. You are worthy to be worshipped. You are worthy to be praised. There is none besides you. You are God, Father of my morning. You are God of my evening. You are the one who leads me and guides me. You are my protector. I'm thankful to you for everything. That's what it means. Hallowed be your name. I'm hallowed, hallowed. He's exalted. He's lifted high. He's magnified. That I don't have to just come and say, hallowed be your name, and then I'm done. No, that's when it starts. That's what Jesus said. This is the map. This is how we should pray. Are you with me, guys? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Father, this morning in this place, we are so thankful to you. Your word is perfect and gives us everything we need to walk a successful Christian life. There's a lot we don't understand, but what we need, we have. I'm grateful for it. And this morning, Father, I pray that you will draw every person in this place into a deeper and more intimate walk with you. And prayer will be one of those things that will, will keep them and draw them to you, Father, like never before. I pray you turn everyone in this building and even those watching online into prayer warriors for you, God. I thank you for your grace and I thank you for your love. If you've come here this morning and you say, Pastor Alex, I'm listening to you talk about this and I never even knew I could have this kind of relationship with God. But I could actually pray and he would hear my prayers and he would answer my prayers and then I could do warfare and all that. I never knew this existed. If you say, Pastor Alex, this morning, I want to give my life to Jesus because I want to experience this. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And if you're sitting here and you say, that's me, can I ask you to slip your hand up so I can pray for you? God bless you. Thank you so much. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. If you raise your hand, God bless you. Thank you. And you say, that's me, Pastor. This morning, I want to give my life to Jesus. Quickly slip your hand up so I can include you in this prayer. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Praise God. Thank you so much. Put your hands down for just a moment. If you've come here this morning and maybe you used to walk with God, but you kind of lost your way and you haven't really been praying, you haven't been seeking God and you know that your life is just straight away from Him. But this morning you say, listen, I want to come back to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Him. If that's you, I want to include you in this prayer. Quickly slip your hand up and I'll pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. One more call. If any one of those two categories is you, slip your hand up real quick. If you raised your hand or you're slipping your hand up, stand up for me quickly. Don't be afraid. Quickly stand up. Stand up. Stand up right there where you are. God bless you. God bless you. Stand up. Stand up. Come on, all of you that's raised your hands. Don't be afraid. Stand up. Quickly come to the front. Come to the front. Come quickly. Come quickly. We want to pray for you. God bless you guys. This is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Amen. Amen. Amen, young man. Amen. Come quickly. Come. They're coming. Come. Let's give them a big round of applause, guys. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a big difference when you make the decision for yourself. Amen. 
when you make that choice, I know what it's like. I, I grew up in a Christian home. I, I walked with the Lord, but there came that day when I was 19 where I said, listen, I choose Jesus for myself. And that's what makes all the difference. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you guys in the front, we're going to say a prayer together. It's important that you pray this from your heart and you mean it from your heart because that's what makes the difference. Church, let's all pray with them this morning. Let's bow our heads. Let's say, Father, I come to you this morning. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He's the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. I surrender all to you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Just stretch your hands out towards him. Amen. Bless you. Amen. Bless you. Life is going to change, eh? Amen. 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 Praise God. Young lady, praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Young man. Young man, it's about time. Amen. So proud of you. God bless you. Hey. God bless you. If you turn around, there's somebody there with you. We want to pray with you. And if you could just follow that handsome Cuban pastor over there, he's going to just lead you out. We're going to pray with you and just give you some information. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. There's Catherine with you guys. Thank you so much. Bless you guys. Thank you. God bless you. Don't we love our Cuban pastor? Amen. Is he not a blessing? Amen. This is, thank you, this is only the beginning. Bless you. This is only the beginning of the series. We really are going to dive into this. I'm going to camp here for quite a few weeks. At the end of the series, you will be a prayer warrior. Not a prayer warrior, a prayer warrior. Amen. And I want to encourage you guys. We do have prayer on Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. I know it's early. And we have prayer on Saturdays at 7.30. And if you complain about it being early, I'll start having prayer meetings at night as well. I'll add. And then if you complain about that, I'll add some more. And we'll be praying all the time. So listen, if you can come, come. If you can't understand, the main thing is that you pray. Is that you pray. And if you're not in a you group, in a cell group, get connected because we pray there as well. I love you guys so much. I'm so thankful to be your pastor. So grateful for this opportunity to minister to you every week. It is my passion and I'm so thankful to the Lord that I have the opportunity to do this. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we are so grateful. Your presence is here. We can feel that you are here with us this morning. Your word is so powerful, God. And we're so grateful that it changes our hearts with the Holy Spirit ministering to us. Your word is so powerful. Lord, I pray for everyone this morning. Let this word transform our hearts. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would draw us to you. Draw us closer to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we love you, Father. We honor you, God, with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, now I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you all as you go in this week. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.